Welcome to the C3 SYD podcast. Our heart for you is that you would know Jesus, find community and discover purpose. To find out more about our church, head to our website, c3syd.church. We hope that this message encourages you today. Fantastic to see you all and uh, thank God for last weekend. It was wonderful. Between Passover and Pentecost is 50 days. And that's what we're travelling towards. After Jesus died and rose again, 50 days later, the church was born when the Holy Spirit came down. And so we want to fill up that space and get ourselves ready for a great new move of the Holy Ghost. A number of years ago, a certain scientist was quoted on the front page of the Sydney Morning Herald. And uh, he was paid, I think at that stage, $180,000 a year to make predictions about weather patterns, et cetera, et cetera. And he predicted that Warragamba Dam would never fill again. Uh, at best, we could expect 25% uh, fill rate of Warragamba Dam because we were in a drought for a period of years. I came up on the stage after reading all these headlines for a number of weeks. That wasn't just over a number of moments, but I came up on here and as I came up here, I saw, had a vision and I saw Warragamba Dam overflowing. And, uh, and I said, and the Lord said, speak it. And I said, Lord, that's ridiculous. All the experts are saying it'll never be filled again. I mean, how could I say that? And he said, say it. And uh, so I'd been through a couple of experiences where I'd had difficulties obeying the voice of the Lord because everybody says, woo, it's great to prophesy, you know, and it's amazing. But when you are prophesying in the face of uh, the experts, the professionals, and all the advice that's contrary to what you're saying, uh, I've, I've stood up in front of a lot of people where the sky's black with clouds and had been for six hours. And the Lord told me, say the sun's going to shine. I said, well, that's ridiculous, Jesus. I'm not going to do that. And uh, because I, I do have a pragmatic brain, I do have a, a thinking head and uh, like all of us do. But anyway, I had remembered my experiences. And so I stood here and I said, Warragamba Dam will overflow. I can see it overflowing. Since I prophesied that, that Warragamba Dam has overflown four times. The last time, uh, yeah, you know, it is, it overflowed uh, more times than, uh, the, the, they want to they build a wall uh, that's bigger. I think the United Nations stopped them because there was some problem or some great organization prevented. I just read it glancingly recently. And so it, it amazes me that, you know, once upon a time, they're all saying, you know, like we're moaning because the Warragamba Dam won't be full again. Now they're moaning because they can't build a wall to hold all the water that's coming. I mean, we live in a very fickle world, people. All my life, I've been told the world's gonna end in 10 years or, or t 20 years. And the experts are constantly saying negative things. I have my faith in, in what predictions are happening on the front page of the newspaper is greatly reduced. And I think the most inconvenient truth is that God is alive, people, and uh, we need to acknowledge that His truth prevails. Uh, no matter what we're hearing from wherever, we need to have our eyes on the Word of God and on the Holy Spirit, because He's got answers for this world that are very different to what the world says. And He will require a boldness for you and I to actually walk in that power. Uh, and even in the, the Christian world, there is often difficulties accepting what the Holy Spirit is actually doing. In fact, possibly the greatest uh, antagonists against the Holy Spirit are religious people. <laughs> and that's a shame because it's the same crowd who crucified Jesus. 
It wasn't really the Romans who did it. They were the machinery. They were the hand, the hand of the, the, the religious crowd wanted him dead. And often it's the same, that spirit of religiosity is from hell and it wants to oppose the spirit of Christ. It is the spirit of antichrist. Christ means anointing. And I think that respectable religion you'll find often is quite acceptable to the masses when we are not gonna be anointed, filled with the Holy Spirit people. But you'll find that the Pentecostal church, the spirit-filled powered ministries around the world, which are they actually the fastest growing churches and often the largest churches in any community. These churches that are pushing forward the kingdom of God are the most attacked and they are the most opposed. And so when you say, I'm gonna actually let my life get filled with the Holy Spirit, get ready. Some people say tongues is the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. I would say, yeah, maybe, but trouble definitely is uh, an evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit and being filled with the power of God. You, and we have always found that uh, uh, getting filled with the Spirit has, has some levels of contention about it, but it is the power of the New Testament that fell on the day of Pentecost and Jesus promised that you and I would have the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so we find that like over in Galatians 3.3, the church began in the Spirit, but then they thought they would actually become perfected by reverting to, to walking in the flesh, by creating 10 steps to this and five steps to that. And this is seven elements of leadership and this is how this is gonna happen. And all these are, are pretty good principles and pretty good things. But listen to me, they are no substitute for being filled with the Holy Spirit. The most transforming power you can have in your life is the power of the Holy Spirit. The, the, the most graphic example of that is Peter, just before Jesus was crucified, to be identified with Jesus was quite unpopular because Jesus was unpopular. And so to be identified with Him was to put yourself in a place of rejection, a place of disapproval by the masses, by the, by, the, by the in crowd. So Peter, he couldn't cope with that. He had a fear of man. So when people tried to put a place him with Jesus, he said, I'm not, I don't even know the guy. And he swore and cursed. He dropped a few F-bombs and said that, that he talked like that so that everybody would be convinced. No, he's, he's not one of those guys, obviously. He's just a rough, coarse fisherman. And he did it three times just to make, it, make them really know that this is, I'm not, not got anything to do with that character. But then it, it struck him that he had actually denied Jesus and it wounded him deeply. So this is that guy. Let's travel six weeks later, 40 days later, he has been praying in an upper room and he gets filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And he has got the most devout religious people in the world in front of him. And you would think right now, he's gonna be super embarrassed about being with Jesus because before it was just a few servants and that who were trying to find out. Now it's the religious crowd. It is the leaders of, of the Jewish uh, world right in front of him. But no, he is transformed. 
He stands and proclaims Jesus Christ more boldly than you've ever heard it. 3,000 people come to Christ. He is prepared to be whipped, beaten, thrown in jail, even to die for Christ. That is a transformed man from fear to faith, from timidity to boldness, from backwardness to forwardness, from a, from a, a weak human being to a strong human being, from a weak man to a strong man, from a follower to a leader. That Holy Spirit baptism got inside of him and completely and utterly transformed him, people. And that is what the Holy Spirit wants to do within every one of us. You might be a shy person. You might be a fearful person. You might be a timid person, but no longer. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, that will transform you. And I know that we try and find psychological ways, sometimes therapeutic ways, sometimes even using drugs to try and overcome some of the difficulties that we find ourselves in mentally or emotionally. Let me tell you here this morning, God has an answer for you that far exceeds anything that this world can offer. And that is that you be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you can get that infilling of the Spirit of God and keep filled, you are gonna find your life is absolutely transformed. When, uh, when, the, Holy, when the Holy Spirit came upon those 120 disciples, 12 of them stood up and prophesied to the crowd. And they were so changed and transformed. People said, who are these guys? How could they be so different? Nobody could understand how such a change could take place. And listen, some of us here, we might be burying ourselves in negativity, concentrating on all sorts of things. But if you could lift your eyes towards God this morning and use worship and prayer, to get yourself opened up to God. He will fill you with a power by the grace of God that you can start a life and relationship of walking with the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a force. He's not, I mean, He's called a wind, a fire, an oil, a river, but He's like those things. Like Jesus is a person, but He's likened to a lamb and a lion. They are images that give us a picture of what Jesus is like. And so, so oil, wind, fire, river, rain, water is what the Holy Spirit is like. Kind of messy, flowy. You can't pin Him down. He's not a formula. And so I'm in so many different conferences and, and for leadership and for church. And very often you will find, here's the formula. Here's the three steps. Here's the strategy. Here's the program for leadership development, for, for making your church grow. Listen to me, if we do those things, ignoring the power of the Holy Spirit, we will find God actually opposes the program because it's not opening up to His power. We're thinking we're gonna be perfected by the flesh instead of staying alive in worship and glorifying God and being filled with the Holy Spirit. So there is one thing about, there's, there's one thing about getting filled with the Spirit. I got filled with the Holy Spirit the day I was born again. Uh, and I'm not saying that as a, as a doctrine, that was my experience. I don't think it's everybody's experience, but it happened for me. I don't know why, it just did. I was goofy enough. And weird enough as a hippie just to be into everything. Ooh, yeah, man, you know. Wow, let's do that. I arrived at a church which was, had, had its beginnings with Smith Wigglesworth. 
years before. All the converts were still there. The youth leader was 120 years old. The elders were like 300 years old. It was old, older than old. These, all the elders were wearing suits and this was at the 6 p.m. service, people. The worship leader came out from behind curtains, blue velvet curtains, I can remember them. We all sang out of the red hymnal and, we, and the hymn for the night was up from the dead, he arose. And I remember Bill Wade opened the curtains and came out, up from the dead, he arose in a mighty triumph over his foes. And we sang the hymn. No condemnation now I dread. Oh, for a thousand tongues. I can sing all those old songs. We used to sing them every week out of the red hymnal. But then we, we got high tech. We got overhead projectors. <laughs> Woo. And uh, <clears throat> we went into a whole new zone where the guy had to mm, rush through the, the file to try and find the song that the pastor was singing in the spirit. <laughs> he just changed the order of service. There it is. But it was upside down and round the back. Simon McIntyre was my first overhead projector operator. <laughs> Those were the days. And, and so that night, the pastor said, who wants to receive Jesus? The woman who had brought me to the church and my wife, she tapped me on the shoulder and she said, you put your hand up now. I said, oh, really? Okay. Then she said, now you go forward. So I said, okay. I thought everybody in the church went forward. Only me and Chris were out there. I think there might've been one other person. <clears throat> I asked Jesus to come in my life. Nothing much happened. Went out the back. The pastor prayed for me. I felt myself get set free. And then I started, it was like my mouth was broken. I just start. I couldn't say thank you. Thank you. I was trying to say thank you, Jesus. And it wouldn't, wouldn't happen. Just this other language, which I thought was Mari, started to come out of my mouth. <laughs> and I, I just started talking it and I was getting smashed. I was stoned. As I walked out, I said, babe, I'm stoned. That's what I said to Chris. She said, you look different. I said, I am. On the way home, I saw people buying pies at the pie cart. I said, praise the Lord. I started preaching from that day. Exactly, I was transformed. We went home, there were people rolling joints in American flag rice paper. Kind of, any of you know, remember that? Big long ones. Uh, Pastor around said, no, we've, we found the truth. And they all went, what? You haven't become one of those Jesus freaks, have you? Yeah, so we lost all of our friends immediately. We were kicked out of the house, we found our way around. Got a big house where we tried to look after people. I went out preaching every day. I was a rubbish man at that, at that stage, but I read in the scripture, it said, touch not the unclean thing. So I knew I had to leave. <laughs> so I went out and started preaching on the streets and they made me a youth leader after a little while. So I found I got transformed by that infilling of the Holy Spirit. But I have found since then, I have needed to get refilled with the Holy Spirit. Cause that, that just doesn't stay like that. You can get discouraged. You can have a faith crash. You can have some believers treat you wrong. You can get offended, get upset. And you know, it kind of knocks you out of that power place. Because the Bible says, listen, don't grieve the Spirit and don't quench the Spirit. That's, that's the two things that you gotta watch it, you don't do. Grieving is when you get upset, angry, bitter, sour, and you start abusing other people. You say things that are unclean and wrong. 
He just goes, oh, I don't like that. And he walks backwards away from your life. He's off in the, in the corner. If you're all arrogant and proud and boasting about how great you are, he's not like that. He's over there in the corner. So when you get your act together, I'll come back and you know, maybe we can walk together. So when, when you open up and you say, okay, I'm sorry, Holy Spirit, I've grieved you. When David had sinned with Bathsheba, committed adultery with another woman, he was so upset when, the, when he got convicted. The Holy Spirit convicted him of his sin. He, his own conscience wasn't strong enough to get a hold of him. But when he felt that conviction, the deepest thing he said was not, don't take the crown from my head. Don't let me lose the kingdom. Don't let me lose my throne. The thing he said in Psalm 55 is, please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. He, he regarded the value of having the Holy Spirit in his life far above any other thing that he had been given by God. And the other thing is don't quench the Spirit. So there are times when the Spirit comes to, comes to us and he, He's trying to move us to do something. We say, oh no, I'm not gonna do that. Like when I had that prophecy, I could have said, no, I'm not doing that. There's all the experts and all the others said all sorts of other things. But one of the things that came out of that prophecy also was that it would, there would be a time of great fear all around the world and there was the hint of pandemics. Somebody just told me this the other day. They said they re-listened to it. And they said, that is the time we're in right now. But the opposite of that was in that time, the overflowing of the Warragamba Dam would be symbolic of the overflowing of a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit and a move of God all around the world. And we have never seen an overflowing of that dam such as was. And we get no apologies from the press or the climate change experts or anybody else. Whoops, sorry, made a big mistake there. Because they made hundreds of mistakes, hundreds of predictions that are wrong. But, it, but bad news sells. So let's keep churning it out, you know, like, because nobody's going to listen to it. Oh, we had a lovely day yesterday. They don't want to hear bad stuff. And, uh, and so, and, and to keep the world in fear seems to be a part of a plan. I don't know. I'm not a conspiracy guy, but it just seems part of a more sinister plan at the background where the devil, if he can cover the nations with fear and trepidations, but you and I are filled with the Holy Spirit. We are the church, people. We are not part of the spirit of this world, living in fear and intimidation and, and trying to lock away. I believe the church in this hour needs to rise far above all the fear and all the darkness and all the death that is being pronounced on the world. You and I are the answer, but we're the answer when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, when the church is filled with the power of God. And isn't just some dead, respectful, religious uh, organization. You and I are gonna find ourselves having an influence and an impact upon this generation that nothing else can have an impact on this generation like. We are the church. We are the filled with the Holy Spirit people. And so God has said, I want you. I want a church that is filled with His power. How do we get filled with His power? Well, number one, you need a thirst for God. He doesn't come to the casual hearer. If you're saying like, yeah, well, if He wants to fill me, here I am. Anytime, God. Ain't gonna happen. He wants you to be hungry and thirsty. And if you do not have that hunger and thirst for God, I am praying that it is aroused in you this morning. Because that, the absence of a hunger for God is like warning signs. 
It's an alarm bell. And if I'm a holy alarm bell this morning in your ears, don't press snooze. If I'm a holy pyromaniac trying to set you on fire, so be it. If you've lost that passion that you used to have and now you're sort of a dead Christian or you're a cold Christian, or you're a backslidden Christian, it's time to come back. It's time to turn around and say, I wanna get revived. I want revival in my spirit. I, I'm, I'm too attached and attracted to the unclean things of this world. I'm too attached and too drawn to possessions and success in this world. I wanna actually dislocate from this world and find myself filled with the spirit of another world. You will be filled with the spirit of the songs you sing. That's tweetable. You will be filled with the spirit of the songs you sing. You'll be filled with the spirit of the gods you worship. You'll be filled with the spirit of the gods you pray to and the gods you trust in. For us, there is only one God. For us, there is only one spirit to be filled with. For us, there is only one song to sing and it's the worship of Him. For us, there really is only one book who is the final authority in our lives and that is the Scripture. And for you and I to be filled with the Spirit, preaching the Word of God is gonna put us apart from the spirit of this world, which is moving in a completely opposite direction. The welcome mat for Christians is fast being withdrawn, people. We need strong disciples who are filled with the Spirit, ready to be in a ruthless commitment and a radical lifestyle of being filled with the power of God to reach a generation that have got no idea about the delusion and the blackness that this world is in. And you and I have in the power of the Holy Spirit can bring answers and solutions. I didn't mean to travel down this line of preaching such a strong message about us in opposition to the world, but it would seem to me that a church that is filled with the Holy Spirit is not filled with the spirit of the world. And if you're filled with the spirit of the world, there's very little difference between the church and the world. They look just the same, hard to tell any difference at all. But once you are filled with the Spirit and not just the Spirit, but the Holy Spirit, you find yourself in a whole different dimension. My experience with the Holy Spirit is that He is the most beautiful friend, most amazing partner, most incredible companion you can walk this life with. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Understand that the Holy Spirit is God. Just a little piece of theology that you would learn at C3 College, uh, which we're not going into right now, but the Holy Spirit is God. Number one, He's a person. Number two, He's God. And He is an equal member of the Godhead as the Father and the Son is. When Ananias and Sapphira came and lied about their offering to, the, to Peter, Peter says, why would, you, why would Satan get you to lie to the Holy Spirit? You haven't lied to men, you've lied to God. And so the Holy Spirit is God who has come to earth. He is here now for you and I to relate to. 
And he's talking about a relationship that involves communion. It's like when you're in communion with another person, you feel each other, you sense each other as much as you're talking with each other. That's why I far value getting together above every other kind of fellowship there is available to us today. If, If we got virtual fellowship, Zoom rooms, and we love all our online members all around the world. I believe though, that there is a sense that you get when you're actually physically together, that you think thoughts you wouldn't think otherwise, that you feel feelings you don't feel otherwise because there is a mixing of people's spirit. And when we worship together in the house of God and the soup of that worship, that whole mixture of our spirit before God becomes one, it's like there's a harmony in heaven. What a beautiful thing when that soup, if you like, is not sour, but sweet and smells like a fragrance in heaven because of the unity of the saints worshiping together, crying out to God together. And here, you know, when I, I found my initial days of walking with the Spirit to be, to be enlightening as to the nature of the Spirit of God. I wrote a whole book about the Holy Spirit, moving in the Spirit. I wrote it originally for ministers, but I found more than, more than often, Christians everywhere just wanted to read that, to learn how to live in the power of the Holy Spirit and not just to try and do the 10 steps to greatness or the five steps to success, but actually just make it simple and say, let me be filled with the Holy Spirit and follow Him wherever He leads. I've had business people, like Pastor Alex was saying before, I had business people in board meetings, just look to God and find the Holy Spirit giving them guidance. And the thing is, He is available to you and I 24-7, all the time. My first encounter of any real kind with the Holy Spirit, I'm gonna finish with this, so Ben, you can, you can come, thanks, uh, was when we first came to Sydney, Australia actually, I've been saved for 10 years, uh, we were starting the church in Sydney. And I, we had an office down in Brookvale. This was early 80s people. Pastors wore suits and had ties on every day when they went to the office. And we had to have a briefcase, of course. So I'd, I was, I'd get dressed, leave for the office, whatever it was, 8.30 in the morning, go down to Brookvale. And, uh, and so this particular morning, I get up in our fibro house that we were renting in Lido Avenue, Narrabeen. And I've got my gear all on, I'm ready to go. And at the front of our house, there was a fly screen, you know, that kind of deal. You might have it even today. And your front door. So you open the front door and you push out the fly screen. And in between the, the door and the fly screen, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, go back in the room and pray. And I said, that's inconvenient. Why, wouldn't, why would you say that to me now? I'm all dressed and just going out the door. Why didn't you say that before I got to you? I mean, that would have been so much easier. But I've found God is kind of like that. A little challenging to get along with sometimes, you know. But I think He likes to find out who's, who's, who's boss. So, so I'm, I'm going like this, arguing in my head. Maybe it's the devil. Maybe it's just me. What is that? I'm going backwards and forwards. Chris is looking at me. She said, you all right? She's over there doing the dishes, something, because I'm going out. I said, yeah, I'm good. And, uh, and so I'm standing there and I'm going backwards and forwards because uh, it looks pretty weird. She's wondering what's wrong with him. 
I'm arguing with God. That's what I'm doing. And, and then in the end, I thought, oh, well, what, what could prayer? Prayer can't hurt. So I thought, all right. So I went back in the room, took off the tie, took off the jacket, took off my shoes, threw the curtains, briefcase on the bed, walk around the room for an hour praying in tongues. Nothing, nada, zero, zip. I thought, well, that was useless. You know, like who would have thought? And so I, I'm thinking of just finishing. But right when I'm doing that, thinking, all right, I'll just get dressed again, go to work. And just about to do that, suddenly I find myself speaking in a tongue that I'd never spoken in before. It was like a really forceful language. And, and I'm, I'm speaking in this language. And as I'm speaking in my ear, it's English. And in front of me, I can see the prayer typed out on like a ticker tape. And I thought, whoa, this is awesome because I'm listening to this. And I felt like I was in outer space. I felt like I was not in that room anymore. I was in the Spirit, if you like. And so as I am praying and, and hearing this prayer, I become aware that the prayer is a prayer the Holy Spirit is praying for me, through me. And I, Romans 8, 26 will tell you, we don't know how we should pray as we ought, but the Holy Spirit helps us. He is called the helper. So, or advocate, lawyer, one called alongside to argue your case. I'd never experienced that, but now I was. Because here He was talking to God about me, through me. The prayer was good, but the attitude was better. He had attitude. It wasn't just like, dear God, you... It was like hands on hips. Now God, time to fulfill some promises down here. I thought, I like you. Yeah, it was like, He said, you have blessed this guy, this guy, this guy. He starts naming all these great men of God around the world. He says, your servant Phil Pringle's been faithful to you. Now it's time to bless him. I'm thinking, come on. He is your friend. He is on your side on the earth to help you with God, with your battles, with your fights, with whatever you are facing. The Holy Spirit has been sent to earth by God to fill you with power, to fill you with boldness, to fill you with faith, to fill you with wisdom in your mind. He is an internal GPS system. He'll guide you through your life if you're listening. He's your internal home cheer squad, cheering you on on the inside. He's a dove, He's gentle. He's a river, He's oil, He's powerful, He's on your side. He's your helper. He's here to fill the church in this hour. If we are thirsty for Him, He will fill us. God has promised in the last days, I will pour out My Spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. The greatest thing you can do for your children is to be filled with the Spirit. Thanks for listening to the C3SYD podcast. If you wanna find out more about following Jesus, get connected or find a C3SYD location near you, head to c3syd.church forward slash connect with us. To make sure you don't miss out on our next podcast, click subscribe. We look forward to having you back soon.